Today's reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 44 through 48. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. Uh, Our text this morning, we're continuing uh, this story that comes to us from Acts. And the central character in our story today is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that, that was poured out on Peter and Cornelius and Cornelius' family, that same Holy Spirit that was poured out on the disciples on Pentecost, which we're not talking about for a couple of weeks. We're, we're, so we're doing everything out of order, but Peter has already experienced Pentecost. We're going we're gonna to cover that in a couple of weeks. But to understand this story, it really has a lot to do with the relationship between Peter and Cornelius. Cornelius had this experience where he was moved by the Holy Spirit and and a vision came to him and told him to go and uh, have Peter, summon Peter to him. Cornelius was about as Gentile as they come. He uh, He was not Jewish. Not only that, he was a Roman centurion, which means he was... Uh, part of the domination system of Rome, and he was in charge of a lot of people. But he was a—he was what we call a God-fearer. He had been spending time with uh, uh, Jewish brothers and sisters and kind of learning about that. He was a man who feared God, and God wanted him and Peter to get together. And so uh, he was told to summon Peter, and Peter, before he got there, uh, also had a vision. Uh, laying in bed one night, waiting for dinner to be prepared, uh, in a in a vision, three times a sheet came falling from heaven, filled with all kinds of what what the Jewish people would call unclean animals, pork and lobster and all that good stuff, comes down from heaven on this on this thing like a sheet. And a voice from heaven said, kill and eat. And Peter's like, wait a minute, God, I'm a a good church-going Jewish boy. I I haven't had bacon my entire life. I'm not going to start eating bacon now. And God said, do not call profane. That's which I have made clean. And this kind of, and that happened three times before he snapped out of it and went on to have his lunch. And that kind of ruminated with him until he got he went to Cornelius's house and realized, okay, I see what's going on here. Do not call profane that which I call, which I have made clean. Here's this Gentile, here's this Roman, here's this centurion who's having me over for dinner. But more than that, here is this person with whom I'm not supposed to really have a relationship with whom I'm not supposed to really get to know, with whom I'm not supposed to call brother. Here is this man, and I'm going to have dinner with him and enjoy his bacon and maybe a little lobster, maybe all of I bet he went nuts uh, that day, <laughs> kind of uh, trying all these different things that were new to him. 
Or maybe he had a lot of trepidation. Maybe he's, I can't imagine this, but maybe he's like vaping. This is weird. I don't know. But it was more important that they get together. In addition to that, it was more important that Peter be shown that this person was made clean. Do not call profane that which I have made clean. And they enjoyed this meal together and Cornelius had gathered his entire household. And he's a centurion, so he's got a lot of people he's responsible for. And a lot of people gathering around his house. And Peter starts to share this wonderful story about Jesus. And he starts off by saying, it is clear to me that God shows no partiality. A bold statement for Peter to make. God shows no partiality, but loves all people equally. I can see that now sitting here in this Roman's house. That God loves me, and God loves you just as much. That's an amazing statement coming from Peter. Again, a good church-going person who kind of thought God had a special place for him and his people. And he began to share the good news of Jesus. And we are told, that's what that brings us up to our text today, where we are told the Holy Spirit is poured out upon everyone there. Just like it was at Pentecost. And people even began talking in tongues and sharing in different languages and all that. In other words, the manifestation of that same spirit that was in Peter is manifesting itself in all of these people here, these Romans, these Gentiles. And I, to really understand the, the impact of this complete reversal, you, we need to kind of go back even further and go back to, I won't get into all of this because I could bore you to death with a lot of history, but we got to go all the way back to the Babylonian exile when God's people were taken out of Jerusalem and the temple was destroyed and everyone was hauled off to Babylon and kept in exile away from their own land. And all the priests got together basically and started wondering about themselves. How are we going to keep our people from forsaking Yahweh and turning to Babylonian gods or turning to Babylonian ways? How are we going to keep ourselves from being absorbed into this other culture? How are we going to keep ourselves Jewish? And so the priests, and this is, if you don't know, a lot of the Old Testament was written during this time just for this purpose, to help people know their stories and know what was going on. And so the priests began to pen everything, and they started emphasizing things that kept them separate from other cultures. Things like Sabbath and circumcision and other things like that. And one of those things was the food restrictions, the food laws. That's, and what that meant was when your Babylonian neighbor said, hey, why don't you guys come over and have dinner? We're doing a barbecue this week, we're going to roast a pig. And they'd be like, well, everyone's going to be, sorry, we have, we have real strict rules about what we eat. Now, pretty soon the neighbors stop asking you to come over and kind of stay amongst yourselves. And that was so effective that we still have Judaism today. <laughs> uh, and it was an important part of keeping their culture alive, even in exile. It was an important piece. Uh, and it was, it, it was needed. 
But here in Acts, what Luke seems to be doing in writing this in Acts seems to be reversing all of that and saying all of those things that were meant to keep us apart, God is destroying those barriers and instead bringing us together. God is not showing partiality. God is not trying to keep us separate. God is reversing that and pulling us together. Jew, Gentile, male and female, free and slave, as Paul puts it in Galatians. All are one in Christ in the hopes of transcending those barriers. And this this single thing, uh, well, I don't want to overemphasize it, but this expansion out into opening up the doors for uh, Gentiles to come in is what probably made Christianity what it is. Not a sect, an obscure sect of Judaism, but kind of its own animal. Because it started to look beyond itself out there. The Holy Spirit, imagine how, and I can't tell you how much what an incredible change that is for the early church who were Jewish to suddenly tell themselves, wait a minute, God knows, God shows no partiality but loves the Romans too. Hmm, How do we deal with that? It was a complete upheaval of their whole mindset. Complete paradigm change. And I guess my question today My question today is, as the Holy Spirit pours out on us, as we gather together, as we experience that moving of the Holy Spirit, what what incredibly transformative, culture-shaking thing is God doing with us today? What are going to be the barriers that we are called to knock down so that people can find their way to oneness in Christ? And this is normally the part where I would answer that question, but I really don't know. (laughs) We have to discern this together, but I can guarantee you this. God has God-sized vision about where we are going. And God is going to bring about incredible changes in our midst. And those are going to be difficult for us. (laughs) We, We, in this place, we're the Peters. Who are having to adjust to a completely new way of doing things. Because this was a radical change for those who had followed Christ. This was a radical transformation of their whole culture. And I guess I'm wondering, what in us needs to be transformed? So that we might break down barriers and bring the good news of Jesus Christ to those who are needing it the most now. We've done that. I mean, we've seen a lot of that happen over over the millennia. And this church in particular has, we've challenged ourselves and and rethought things that we thought were pretty important and realized that it's more important to be one in Christ. Amen? Amen. I'm wondering what's next. Where is God going to take us? And who are those outside of our group now who need to be, with whom we need to break bread in a challenging and new way?
I invite us all as the body of Christ, when we answer this question, now what? Now what is to join the Holy Spirit in the transformative work that it is doing in our midst. Join her in that work that we might be transformed as well in a radical new way that brings freshness to the good news of Christ. I invite us to pray over that together to follow the leading of that same spirit. Let us pray. Great and loving God, we, we hear this story of this outpouring of the Holy Spirit that was brought about by, by this communion between Cornelius' family and the people of God that you brought to him. May we also be so eager to follow your leading and to tear down those barriers that come between us and those whom you desire to have a relationship with. May we be your agents in this hurt and broken world for that kind of transformative experience. We ask all this in the powerful name of Christ.